Hey, it's another day in real estate with Mitty Matthews from the Arbor Move team. We are realtors, but we are also your teachers and guides on this home buying and selling journey. Welcome to the podcast where we'll help you fall in love with the process of buying or selling a home, always bringing you helpful information along with some fun and interesting stories from the real estate world. Subscribe to our channel for your weekly bite of real estate. Good day. Good day. Hey, last week I said we weren't going to talk about sellers anymore for a hot minute and I lied. So I want to go back to a couple of things because we needed to finish up this whole seller series we're doing with um, how to choose the best offer. I think that's really important. We're going to hit that in just a minute. I wanted to um, tell you about two major home renovations that could actually cost you a lot of money. Now, I'm not talking about Florida. I'm talking about Michigan. We live in Michigan. And here are a few things that happen around here that will actually cost you money. Number one, installing a swimming pool. Oh, you can drop like thirty to $75,000 on an in-ground pool, right? Even a small one. And you know what you've really done is you've reduced your buyer pool to probably less than 5% of the people would be thinking about buying a home with a pool in Michigan. Pools are a lot of um, expense, which isn't the main thing, but pools often take a fair amount of just know-how and knowledge. And a lot of people just don't want that extra uh time and energy and everything it's going to take to figure out how, what that means. Um, and we're talking about insurance. You also have to put in a, a fence. You have to insure this pool. You have to do a lot of those things. So a swimming pool is a negative, huge. And think about that. You've just, uh, you've put in a pool. Now you're a home with a pool. I'm watching some sit on the market right now. Every time I click on one, I'm like, oh, this could be perfect. Oh, nope. There's a pool. Seriously, that's what I'm thinking. On the flip side, I have a buyer right now who is adamant that she wants a pool. And and so, you know, there's not that much for her to buy or look at. So <clears throat> that's the number one thing that could reduce the value of your home here in Michigan and and the buyer pool mas- massively. That's, that's the biggest thing that I think is the, the amount of people who would buy a home with a pool at all. Number two, converting the garage. Yeah, there was a trend for quite some time in many of the regions. Um, converting a garage into, say, a bedroom or some more livable space in the garage in the home. Um, some of them, some of the times, people had permits to do this, and sometimes they did not. <clears throat> if it's not permitted, sometimes people will look into that and see if there was a permit pulled for that garage. That would be something you might have to go back, turn back around, and go get the permit for if you were the ones who had done it. Or even if the ones before you had done it, there's a good chance that if those buyers were looking for a permit and a reason that that, that garage should be uh, officially um the livable space. And, and, you know, in reality, you should be able to uh, claim it as living space if it is living space, which also means you might increase your value of your home and potentially taxes. So a lot of things are a little funky about a home renovation where you've converted the garage. Um, just something to consider because now if you've actually converted the garage, you, you may have a space that's not well heated. You may also have lost garage space. So now you've got a home without a garage. Um, those are just a couple of considerations uh, when you're <clears throat> looking at things you might do to increase the value of your home. Don't do those things. Don't. 
All right. So today's main objective is talking about the best offer. And this is going to probably take a good realtor to help you through this because there's a lot to an offer. Everybody's like, oh, let's just take the one with the highest price. But a high price means nothing if it doesn't make it to the closing table, right? And that is the bottom line here is you need to get to the closing table. So we're going to come back full circle and we're going to come back around to the closing table on that one. Um, So here are some, I'm just going to go over quickly some things to really consider when you, when an offer hits the table and all of these, all offers can be changed, negotiated before they're even signed. So keep that in consideration that you don't have to sign something as is. You can say, Hey, will you change this? So let's, um, let's take a look at the things that might matter to you and should matter at some point. Um, in this, in the offer. So number one would be time to close. Is it a 30 day closing period? Is it 60? Do they, will they allow you to have occupancy if that's something you need? Um, so number two really is occupancy. Is that a possibility? Is that something that's necessary for you? Do you need to close this in order to close on to, in order to purchase your next home? Are you looking for that? I mean, I have lenders who have ways around that. So that's another something you can consider. Um, uh, there's loans to help you through that uh, little gap period. Um, so time to close, um, in some instances, you really need this to close in 30 days. If this loan has a Mr. Rider, it might take six weeks, make takes, um, eight. Uh, so time to close is really can be an issue. Maybe it might be a non-issue for you. Maybe you do not care. Maybe you've already purchased your home. It's not, you know, you're not floating, but there is, there is, um, cost to owning this home while you are, um, while you're waiting for it to close. So there is, you know, you know, roll that in there and figure that out. Um, so occupancy being number two, if, if that's an issue for you, if you need to close and then retain some occupancy that, um, it might make a difference on that offer. Um, inspections, do you, is there an inspection? Um, the, in, the inspection can come with a lot of different clauses that I've seen recently. Some of which are in, inspections are for informational purposes only, um, be aware that if that inspection box is checked, your inspection is uh, actually a contingency. So that doesn't mean that they can't walk away from this on the inspection contingency. They still can, but this means that they can't ask for repairs. And in fact, they can. They can ask for them, can't they? Um, but they're not expected to ask for repairs. Um so, and inspections, I've also had an, uh, inspection clauses, which says we will ask for no repairs under $2,000, meaning if there are, we won't ask for little things, nickel and diming things, which is great because I've had inspections come back with, uh, a list of 10 to 12 little tiny things that like every time you bring in somebody to f- switch out a GFI, it's going to cost that homeowner hundreds of dollars because they need an electrician. So what a really a small fix ends up being a lot to a homeowner. If you've got 10 different things that are not really big issues, but, um, in the, in the end of things, you don't really, you don't want to see that. I don't want to see my buyers ask for a bunch of little teeny tiny home fixes. This is a used home, right? So is that buyer within control of like, you know, do we know what they're going to do? So like, even if it's a thousand dollars, um, we won't ask for anything under a thousand, at least says we weren't going to ask for little fifty dollars repairs that are, you know, um, wear and tear in the house is really half of what this is. It's just some wear and tear and it's expected 
Uh, so, so take a look at what your inspection contingency really says and see if there's any, anything you can write in. You can, you can go back and say, hey, let's add this clause. Will you agree to that? Um, the whole offer can be negotiated before anybody signs off on it. And let's talk about financing for a hot second. Your financing really does matter. Um, uh, there are a lot of different loan options out there um, from, your, from your kind of standard uh, conventional loan to an FHA loan and uh, VA loans, which are very similar. Um, there's also, you know, MISTA additional loans on top of your conventional loan. Um, there's a lot of things going on out there. None of them are bad, but you should know about them. Uh, FHA loan is going to take uh, two inspections, your inspection for your buyer and the FHA um, loan is going to actually send out uh, um, another inspection. So there may be, what they're looking for on their inspection is uh, things that have to do with, um, you know, handrails and and, um, safety, safety issues. Uh, FHA can can pass a house uh, that doesn't even look in great condition. Um, So they're not looking for just condition. They're just really looking for things that may... um, cause injury for whatever reason. Um, that's my experience. Um, so financing, knowing the financing is going to help cause that'll tell you also, um, a little bit about that buyer. Um, just as far as, you know, what they're looking for and, and how strong of a buyer they are. Sometimes it tells you a little bit about them, a little bit of insights helpful. Um, and it tells you the length of this loan and what you're going to need to go through with them in order to help them close on this house. Cause you know, you're really in this together. So let's keep that in mind. So financing does matter. Um, but not the way you think it does. It doesn't necessarily indicate a stronger buyer or a weaker buyer. Sometimes the, uh, somebody will take an FHA over a conventional because the, the terms are better for them. Um, and that's okay too. So be a little forgiving when it comes to loans and don't, don't assume that you didn't think that, you know, one is better than the other. Um, let's say uh, earnest money would be the next thing on my list. Um, the EMD, earnest money deposit, is on that contract somewhere and how much that's going to be. In in my market, kind of a standard earnest money deposit would be $1,000 per $100,000 of the home uh, price. So if I've got a home that's three hundred and $20,000, that's what we've offered. I will probably tell my buyers a $3,000 EMD would be sufficient. And generally it is. Um, that just shows you that, you know, we've got money. We're going to put this in a uh, a deposit uh, account with, uh, in my case, I usually have the title company hold it. Um, and this is something that we, if I default on my side of the contract, will forfeit to you. And that's basically what that says. And I've, I've got some money up front. I've got a little something riding on this right now. And, um, so I'm, you know, I'm invested is what that EMD says. Now, once in a while I'll get something on a, you know, $250,000 home and somebody's put down a $500 EMD. And I will question that because that doesn't seem like they're invested enough. Um, that, that money, I mean, they get the money back at the closing table, that money goes towards their down payment. So as long as they're playing by the rules, there is no risk to them, really. There shouldn't be. They shouldn't perceive it as a risk. So they should be willing to 
you know, bring some money to the table and be in that with you because you as the seller, you're at risk. The minute you go under contract, you're at risk because you've taken your house off the market. So you're no longer out there for other uh, potential buyers. Um, so you've taken a risk. And I think that equal, equal sides of this deal, there should be equal amounts of risk and equal amounts of angst and turmoil, of course. Um, so uh, we've gone to the EMD. That would be my number five. Um, number six is contingencies. What contingencies do we have? So every single contingency to me is a place that this the buyer can get out of the contract. And this is something to be known. So, you know, as, as I'm going through my contracts with my buyers and my sellers, I'm checking off these contingencies. There is the financing contingency, which usually ends three days before we close. So they, there's always that chance that the financing will fall through. And this is going to um, come down to my number eight, which is the lender, which really does matter. But um, we're still on number six, contingencies. The contingencies on a, a typical um, offer will be your inspection, your appraisal, and your financing. So those are the three points where I, as the realtor, I'm sweating through the first two. I want to get that appraisal ordered immediately because I want to get that over with. I want to get the inspection done. I want to make sure that these two are are done and that if um, my lender is good and if, I, my, if I've done my homework and my buyer is solid, the financing shouldn't be an issue. Shouldn't be an issue. Okay. Um, I've only in all of the years doing real estate had the financing fall through one time. And um, it was a pretty tight, tight deal. And this person had run up their credit cards right before the holidays, which is right about now. And their uh, debt to income ratio had changed enough to make it so that they could no longer pay for this and buy this house, which was sad because they hadn't been um, advised by their own realtor uh, what not to do. And, uh, it was sad because all parties really, really hurt because of that. Um, number seven on my list is the realtor on the other side of the deal does make a difference. Is that realtor going to do their part of the work? Is that realtor know what they're doing? Does that realtor invested in this transaction? Um, because they, both the realtors on the whole transaction are responsible to keep this thing on its timeline and getting to the closing table. So we've got lenders, we've got a uh, title, we've got all these inspections and appraisals and all these things that have to happen in a timely manner. And the realtors are the ones watching this timeline and making sure that everything is happening so that we can close on time. Um, and there's no reason not to close on time. The only time that we have ever delayed closing was financing. Uh, and that's usually was an underwriting problem or an appraisal problem or something like that in my, in my existence, nothing else has pushed this back because everything else stays on track. So that other realtor makes a difference. And the other realtor will, if they're good, will as, as the listing agent, let's assume I'm the listing agent. I want to know that that other realtor knows their client. Is this client a good solid buyer? Do you know the lender? Um, so I, I need to know all of those things from my vantage point so that I can feel good about my client taking on that that offer and uh, because no offer is worth anything more than zero dollars if it doesn't get to the closing table for all parties and it's a delay it's actually costing my client a lot of money if it doesn't make it to the closing table right because it's time and time costs money when you own a house so that would be number seven the realtor and number eight the lender we want to make sure that lender is is a local lender every offer should come with a pre-approval letter and that will tell you whether that 
lender is local or not. Do not accept a big box store lender. Those lenders aren't invested. That person is just a file. And every time I've gotten a big box store lender, I have had to jump them from that big box midway through the transaction to a local lender who can then get the deal done. And here's a couple reasons. A couple reasons is some of the local lenders, uh, um, for one, will fight hard to figure out what the problem is and get it done. The big box stores will drop you like a hot potato because you're just a file and it's not worth the headache. Um, And they have appraisers from, say, Monroe who don't know, say, the Ann Arbor area or an appraiser from Fenton will come on down and their, their area is different. So they, they, they aren't going to appraise the house. The appraisal comes in low. We're all struggling to get this done. The fast and easiest way to do this is to drop that lender, get a new lender and have the appraisal redone. That costs time. It costs the buyer another appraisal fee, which is runs about $500. Um, and it costs the seller time because now we've got to push that um, closing back probably on the average two weeks. So that costs time. Um, and um, finally, I know this has been lawning and drawn out, but that's a lot of information in one quick podcast. But finally, closing. We want to make sure that we can close. And I think if, like I've said a couple times during this podcast, a few times that like, if it doesn't make it to the closing table, then it's not worth anything. It's actually costly. So I think the, my, my sites are always on that closing table. Um, will, will all pieces of this puzzle come together at the end? Um, and if it's done well, it should feel pretty smooth. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of things behind the scenes that you don't understand and a lot of conversations and a lot of emails and a lot of things flying around and checking with everybody, making sure everybody's on track, everything's on schedule, everything's been ordered, everything's been done, everything's happening, everybody can get in the house when they need to get in the house. Um, all of these things are happening. And uh, from the front side, it should seem really smooth and pretty easy. But uh, from my vantage point, we're doing a lot of work back here. Um, and I hope that helps. If you have any questions, please reach out. Um, again, there's a lot of things in the best offer and what it's going to look like to you. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Please reach out to the Arbor Move team. Thanks for listening, you guys. Once again, it's another day in real estate. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to subscribe to learn a little bit more about real estate every week. If you're thinking of buying or selling real estate in the Ann Arbor area, reach out to me, Mitty Matthews, at the Arbor Move team over here at the Moore Group. For your home search needs, head over to arbormove.com and find your dream home today. Thanks for joining us today. Remember to subscribe to learn a little bit more about real estate every week. Thinking of buying or selling real estate in the Ann Arbor area? Reach out to Clayton Kendrick at Academy Mortgage or me, Mitty Matthews of the Arbor Move team over here at the Moore Group. For your home search needs, head for arbormove.com and find your dream home today.